You are listening to the official podcast for ICGC Calvary Temple, Teen Chapel. Be blessed as you listen to life-changing messages by seasoned men and women of God. What shall I say unto the Lord? All I have to say is thank you, Lord. What shall I say unto the Lord? All I have to say is thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All I have to say is thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All I have to say is thank you, Lord. What shall I say unto the Lord? Mercy and do it forever. 
Jesus left the earth was a talk about heaven. The Bible says when Jesus was being taken up, the disciples were looking at him confused. They just kept gazing and gazing and gazing and they saw him taken away. And then there were some angels around who told them, why are you gazing up? Just as you saw Jesus taken out to heaven, you will come again. You see, the hope of the Christian is to be with God in heaven. And if you don't have this hope, you don't understand what it means to be a Christian. If you have read the book of Revelation, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. And every day you wake up, you must be joyful. Thank God that your name is written in that book of life. And one day your hope is that you'll be with God in glory. And so what you do on earth is just a rehearsal of what will happen when we get there one day. Yesterday I was talking to some facilitators and we had an interesting discussion. 
and we're talking about uh, traveling abroad and one of them says when I travel abroad I'm not sure that I'll come back hey, I didn't mention anybody some of us our view our perspectives of life is to pass BEC and go to that school and that is all our dream and vision in life some of us is to get that career that dream job that woman I've been timing all my life. That man I've been dreaming of. The money, the business. And that is all you think about. If that is all you think about, I have bad news for you. You have a wrong vision. You have wrong priorities in life. We have a hope as Christians. As Christians, our hope is the hope of glory. Kadabahasaya. Oh God, open our hearts to understand what eternity means and what heaven means. It's okay, thank you. Me take your seat. Eh? Let's take our seats. I don't want to digress too much. But what I sense inside me, I I I and what I think God wants us to know. Many of us are missing it. One, because we are not reading our Bibles. Two, because we don't do the assignments that I give us to do. Uh, and three, you are not following the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I pray that God will cause us to repent. We change our mind. Understand who we are as Christians. This morning we were frustrating the person who was leading us to praise, praise God. I had to go and hold somebody and say, well, you are too stiff. Why? Uh, when I was sitting there, I promised that I won't say anything about this. I don't know if you know what I'm saying. It. So, let's move on. Um, we've been talking about demonology for some time. And last week, we talked about angels. And um, today, we want to look at another dimension. And then next week, we'll have a very special service uh, so just look forward to it. Uh, come in anticipation and come prepared. And please, if you haven't read the book of Revelation, read it before you come next week. Amen. Father, we thank you for this morning. As we dig into your word, oh God, make us to understand and to see your, you in all your glory. May we catch a glimpse of your glory and may we desire to live in your glory. Show us the joys of your glory and let us know who we are in Christ Jesus. Make us so bold and confident in him that we will not be afraid of demons, but we will go out into the world and tell everybody that will listen that Jesus Christ is king. He's the savior of the world and he's coming again. We bless you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, we have um, a notion that when we get to heaven, there'll be no more crying, there'll be no more sorrow, everything will be fine. True or false? It's false. When we get to heaven, we shall cry. There'll be crying in heaven, serious crying. You know why? Or you don't believe what I'm saying? If you have read the book of Revelation, you, are, you have a, 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 an answer to the question that I'm asking. There will be serious crying in heaven. 
after we have cried, God will wipe away our tears. You will cry in heaven. Can you imagine yourself in heaven and your brother and your sister is in hell and is condemned to hell for eternity? Can you imagine it? And then you'll be enjoying heaven. You'll cry. You cry because you did not tell them that Jesus is the Savior. Come out of that life and let's go to glory. You will cry. Some of you remember your friends that God gave you the opportunity to tell them and you refuse to tell them. Because you have condemned them. You said they were bad boys, they were bad girls. It's not possible for them to get born again. You will cry in heaven. And after you have cried, God will wipe away your tears. I pray that you don't cry plenty in heaven. So let's get serious. The reason why we are talking about all these things is because of the mandate that God gave us. To go out into the world and tell the world that Jesus is coming again. Jesus came and he died for our sins. Our sins have separated him from us from God. And if you are not reconciled to him, there's no hope for us. But there's hope for the future, says the Lord. He's calling upon all men to repent. And he's using us as channels to tell the world to turn away from their sin. And turn back to God. If we don't do this when we get to heaven, we shall cry. But I pray that we don't cry plenty. This morning, we want to look at um, a question that I asked some time ago. And I asked whether there was a pre-Adamic age. Was there a civilization before creation? Was there a race of people of some sort of beings before Adam was created? When we were looking in the introduction of the uh, Genesis chapter 1, we saw that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 2, there appears to be a mysterious gap, something missing that the Holy Spirit did not talk too much about. We saw that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then the earth was without form, void, darkness. We said that the Hebrew word used is actually implies that the world became. So what happened before the world became without form and without or was in darkness? And today we'll be looking at, we'll be reading a lot of scriptures to try to see how God unveiled to some people in the scriptures concerning what may have possibly happened between Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. Meanwhile, like I said, Jesus has given us a commandment. He started with the disciples. He gave them practicals to do. He said, go out and preach. Tell them the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Freely you have received, so freely give. Preach, heal the sick, cast out demons so we don't need to be afraid of demons. 
We have been given a command to cast them out. And that is our mission on earth. To preach salvation, to heal the sick, and to cast out demons. Preach salvation, heal the sick, cast out demons. We cannot choose what we like. We must obey the instructions of God. Luke chapter 10 verse 19. When the the, the disciples had gone to do the practicals and they had come back, they, they were so excited. They were telling Jesus, Jesus, listen, look, the demons, they were subject to us in, their, in, in, in your name. They, they couldn't believe that they could cast out demons. They couldn't believe that they could heal the sick. I'm sure they believed that they could preach. They could talk. They could tell others. But they didn't believe that they had the ability to heal the sick, the ability to cast out demons, and they came back rejoicing. And, and Jesus told them, don't rejoice that the demons are subject to you in my name. Behold, I give unto you power to thread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. If you're afraid of demons, if you're afraid you get hurt, I want to assure you based on the scripture, Jesus said, I give unto you power to thread over serpents and scorpions and no power of the evil one shall hurt you in any way. So go in this confidence and tell others about Jesus. Preach to them when they are sick, lay hands on them, command sickness out of their bodies, cast out demons. This must be our lifestyle. And if you do this a lot, when we get to heaven, we shall not cry plenty. Preach the word, heal the sick, cast out demons. It's not for Pastor Kujo, it's not for Dr. Otabil. It's for we Christians, every one of us. Seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, ten-year-olds, twenty-year-olds, thirty-year-olds, forty-year-olds, fifty-year-olds. For all of us, so long as we have life and we have Christ, preach the word, heal the sick, cast out demons, speak about the kingdom, seek the kingdom. That is why we are here. Don't only be thinking about BEC and uh, plenty of money and cars and traveling abroad and husband, and marriage, and children, and plenty clothes, plenty shoes. Jesus said, look, if you seek after the kingdom, all these things that other people desire, and you do you desire, they will follow you. Don't run after them. Run after souls. Seek the lost and get them saved. You are able, I am able and you see, to have that mindset, you cannot be coming to church late. This morning, it was very appalling. Even facilitators were coming late. I saw one facilitator walk in just when the choir was singing. It's disappointing. It's appalling. You cannot come to church anyhow. If Jesus were to heal us anyhow, you were to save us anyhow, some of us will not be here. Somebody listen to me. We must take our Christianity serious. If we want to increase in this year, increase from in all dimensions, from every side, we need to be serious with God. I need to be serious with God. I hope you don't get angry with me. I'm trying to help you not to cry plenty in heaven. That you cry only small. But you see, in this why you must read our Bible. If you are to walk in these dimensions that Jesus talked about, you need to know who you are 
You need to be known from the scriptures why you say you are who you are in Christ. You need to be protected before you go out into enemy territory. You need to put on the whole armor of God. And this morning, I'm not talking about the armor of God. But you need to know how to put on the armor of God. That's for another uh, day for somebody else to talk about. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, in the dateless past, God created, he brought out of nothing the heavens and the earth. The earth became without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. When God created the heavens, the Bible says that he created the heavens plural. It means that he created several heavens. And from scripture, we know of at least three heavens. There may be more, I don't know. But there's what is referred to as the third heaven. You can find that in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. The third heaven, when Paul talks about being taken up into the third heaven, the third heaven is where God dwells. That is where God dwells. And as we'll, we'll, we'll realize later on, whatever happened to the earth and possibly the universe the third heaven was not touched because God dwelt in that place. But one day is coming, there'll be a new heaven and a new Jerusalem. And then we have the second heaven, which is found in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. This is the dominion of principalities and powers and, 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 and demons and other uh, wicked spirits. The second heaven, that is where these spirits dwell. And then we have the first heaven, which we know from geography. That is our atmosphere, the surface above, the, the space that is above the earth. The, the atmosphere, that is the first heaven. So, God created the heavens and he created at least three heavens. Now, there's this great controversy. Science tells us one thing. The Bible says to tell one thing, some theologians say another thing, and then other theologians say something else. And the big question is, how old is this our earth? How old is the earth? Scientists tell us that the earth is billions of years old. And then some theologians calculate based on the time of creation and when Jesus was born and up to today, and then estimate that the earth is about 6,000 years old much in variance with what science postulates. So, which is which? Is the earth 6,000 years old or is it a billion years old? What is the right answer? How old is this earth? What of dinosaurs and the ice age? We've heard so much about this and sometimes it, it appears like it's fiction. Are dinosaurs real? Did dinosaurs ever exist on this earth? What scientists describe as the ice age, is it real? Did it ever happen? Was there ever an ice age on earth? We explore this from the scriptures. When we read Genesis chapter 1, from verse 3 onwards, we, we said earlier on that it appears that there was, there was something happened. And um, 
before I go in. Let me tell you that. I'll tell you, then I'll show you from scripture. There was a distraction. A distraction of that which God created perfect, beautiful from the very beginning. God, in anger, he destroyed it. And so, in the, in, in the book of be, beginnings from Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 downwards, we saw God recreating or bringing or restoring the things that he had created earlier on. And which he destroyed in his anger. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Genesis 1 verse 3. And God saw the light, and it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. We often read this verse, and I think it's a little confusing to a lot of people. It was confusing to me for a very long time. What light is Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 talking about? Is it the sun? No, it's not the sun. I'll not go into details. It's more about illumination. No. Insight. Divine insight. Divine illumination. Let's go on. You may come back to it later on. So the one God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light. It was good. And God divided the light from darkness. God called the light day and the darkness and, uh, and, and the darkness. And he called night. So the evening and morning, that was the first day. Day two, God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and it, let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made or he molded or formed the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the morning, the evening, and the morning, the second day. On the third day, God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered into one place, and let dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called the seas. And God said and saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And God brought forth grass, herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, which seed is in itself according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. On the fourth day, God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. In science, what do we learn as the light that divides the day from the night? This must be where the sun was created. If, if you want to know more, go and ask God, uh, because that, that's not the focus of this uh, teaching. Let there be light in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth, and it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater one to rule the day and the lesser one to rule the night, and he made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth, 
and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. God saw that it was good. So the evening and morning were the fourth day. So, the big question that we we'll attempt to answer from scripture. What really happened between Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and verse 2? What happened? You know that in the stories about the beginnings, nobody was there. No human being was there, but humans wrote the scriptures. So, what we know from the scriptures is what was given by God to man by revelation. So, the revelation that Moses had is what he wrote in the book of Genesis. I don't know why God chose not to reveal to Moses what happened between Genesis chapter 1 and uh, chapter 1 verse 1 and verse 2. That is God's prerogative. But obviously he didn't reveal to Moses what might have happened. So we want to look at a few scriptures and I want you to take time to write them down and when you go home, go and read them for yourself and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Job was the one man who has some interesting encounters with God, as we all know. And what we remember about Job is the, is the sadness in his life. Ah, he had so much money, he lost all of it, and then he struggled. He was a righteous man, but he came back and God restored to him all his uh, prosperity and all that. That's what we remember about Job. But if you see the encounters that Job had with his friends, God gave Job and his friends a lot of revelation because it got to a point where Job and his friends were as it were challenging God in their confused state they were questioning God wanting to understand and God chose in his wisdom to reveal to them that they will know who they are and who he God is and in the process, God began to reveal some things to them about some things which happened in the very beginning when no one was there. So we read Job chapter 9. Then Job said, answered and said, Truly I know it is so, but how can a man be righteous before God? If one wished to contend with him, he could not answer. Not even one out of a thousand. God is wise in heart and mighty in strength. Who has hardened himself against him and prospered? He removes the mountains and they did not know when he overturns them in his anger. The first point I want us to see from this, this, this short account in Job is that there was a time that God was angry. Why he was angry it is not shown here. And the Bible says that he moved the mountains and he overturned them. You see, humanly speaking, we cannot imagine how this can happen. And some theologians will tell you this is figurative. It's not figurative, it is actual. In anger, God removed the mountains and overturned them. Verse 6. 
he shakes the earth out of its place and its pillars tremble. The pillars that hold the earth. You are studying some science and you know that the earth is just hanging in space, isn't it? There's nothing that holds the earth. It's the power of God that holds the earth in the air. If you jump now, gravity will pull you down. And we can confirm that from science. But gravitational force has its limit. We know a spaceship that have overcome gravitational force and gone into space, and in space there's no gravitational force on the aircraft. And that's why in space men float and they need to use other devices to keep their emotion. God shook the earth out of its place. And its pillars, they trembled. I can imagine how chaotic that must have been for the earth. When the powers that held the earth was let loose for a while and there was a lot of shaking. Thank God we haven't experienced earthquake. But we've seen earthquakes on TVs and we've seen how terrible it is. What we saw on TV about what happened in uh, Bogoso with that explosion is just, is just a little bit of what happens in an earthquake. It's terrible. God shook the earth and the pillars that held the earth, they trembled. And he commands the sun that it should not rise. And he sealed off the stars. You are studying some small signs. Can you imagine what will happen to earth if the sun refuses to shine? We don't normally think about things like this. If the sun becomes a little hotter, we all will complain. That's why some of us are yearning to go to Abrochi where there's winter. But when you go there too and the, the temperature has dropped, you know, temperatures there is like the deep freezer. If your deep freezer is quite small, deep freezer is about 6 degrees and minus 6 degrees centigrade. You can have temperatures go to as low as minus 40, minus 60 degrees centigrade. And the reason that happens, the reason why we have these different seasons is because of the nature of the earth and the rotation of the earth and the position of the sun relative to the earth. When the earth moves to certain positions, there are some parts of the earth that do not receive enough heat from the sun and it becomes cold and temperatures drop as low as minus 50, minus 60 degrees. water will be frozen. And can you imagine when the whole earth is without the heat of the sun? Maybe you haven't thought about it before. That's what God did. He commanded the sun that it should not rise. And he sealed off the stars. He spreads, he alone spreads out the heavens and treads on the waves of the seas. He made the bare Orion and the Pleiades and the chambers of the south. He does great things past finding out. Yes, wonders 
without number. If he goes by me, I do not see him. If he moves past me, I do not perceive him. If he takes away, who can hinder him? Who can say to him, what are you doing? God will not withdraw his anger. This is very scary. There are some things that make God angry. And God's anger is something else. You see, some people will tell you that, oh, no, God cannot get that angry. This God of love, this God of miracles, no, 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 no. He's he's so loving to send people to hell. Eh? Try God. God is a just God. He's a righteous God. He's a God full of love. He's patient. At the same time, the wrath of God, no man can stand. Don't dare God. Now that his mercies are available, cling to his mercy. Speak about his mercy to your friends and your relatives and even your enemies. Let them be reconciled to God before it is too late. That is why we are on this earth. We have received power to tell other people that Jesus Christ is the savior of the world. This world is not our home. At least this world in the state in which it is, is not our home. This is not how God wants us to live. If this were how God wants us to live, why would some of us want to go to Abruji? And by the way, some people living in Abruji want to come here. So nowhere cool. You, you may not understand. I was telling some people, said that me, I'm tired of traveling abroad. I'm tired. I like my Ghana. If all the Wahala, I like it like that. Look, when you go over there, there are some other dimensions of life that you experience. And then you tell yourself, is this how life really is? Look at this small LGBT we are struggling with in Ghana. It hasn't even got anywhere yet. It doesn't have legal status. Over there, it has legal status. You dare not tell somebody that why you're homosexual is wrong. Why do you want to change your gender is wrong? They will take you to court. Now even children are challenging their parents and slowly it's coming here. What kind of society is that? But oh yes, I mean they have some very good things. I mean they have beautiful economy, there's order, there's discipline, there's rule of law, there's, uh, the, the economies are good and it's nice to enjoy all those. It's nice. But in spite of all that, look at the way they serve God. Many of them, like Lucifer, have become proud because of what they have or what their nations have. And they reject God. It's so difficult for many of them to come to Jesus Christ. I don't want to live in that environment. I thank God for Ghana. I thank God that he made me a black man. He knows why he made me a black man. He knows why he made me come from Ashanti Kweta. I'm proud of my village. But I pray that my village and Ghana will also make progress and their economy will improve 
that which you shall have asphalt in Ashanti Quetta. That when you come to my village, you come to visit me, you do not pass through rough road. You will see potholes in Ghana. We, we, we love that for us. But we need to understand that something happened that caused all this to be as they are. And that is sin. So God will not withdraw his anger. The allies of the proud will lie prostrate beneath him. Mind you, God was giving revelation to Job and his friends about things which happened in the beginning that they didn't know and they were questioning God about. And God was throwing questions back to them, telling them instances, making them see that he, God, the one who created the earth, the one who created the heavens, when he was doing this, is where were you? That is the discourse that was, was, was God was having with Job and his friends. Jeremiah puts it this way, in Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 23 downwards. I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form and void, and the heavens had no light. Does that statement sound familiar to us? I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form and void, and the heavens had no light, because God had shut off the light. I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled, and the hills moved slightly. I beheld, and lo, there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens were fled. Mind you, at this time, God had not created man. So what was Jeremiah talking about? God had not created animals and birds. So what was he talking about? The fruitful place was a wilderness and the cities thereof were broken. There were cities that existed before and out of God's great anger they were destroyed. And the Bible says the fruitful place became a wilderness and the cities thereof were broken down at the presence of the Lord by his fierce anger. This is describing things that happened before man was created. Something caused God to be very angry. It's not just talking about anger. It's talking about fierce anger of God. Verse 27. For that says the Lord, the whole land shall be desolate, yet I will not make a full end. I will rebuild it. Giving an indication of Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 and verse 3 downwards. God says he will not leave the destruction that he had caused. He will not bring it to complete destruction and end there. He will rebuild it. As I put it this way, behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty and maketh it waste and turneth it upside down and scattereth abroad all the inhabitants thereof. God in his anger, he turned the world upside down and scattered every being that was living. And so Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 tells us that and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon, was upon the face of the deep 
and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Without the sun, the waters then must have been frozen. You tell me that this is theory? Okay, let's move on. Job 38 verse 1. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkness counsel by words without knowledge? Get up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee and answer thou me. Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who shut up the sea with doors when it broke forth as if it had been issued out of the womb? Who had divided the water course for the overflowing waters or a way for the lightning or the thunder to cause it to rain on the earth where no man is, on the wilderness where there is no man? to satisfy the desolate and waste ground and to cause the bud of the tender herb to spring forth. Had the rain a father or who had begotten the dew, the drops of dew? Out of the womb came, out of whose womb came the ice and the flowery frost of heaven who had gendered it. The waters are hid as with a stone and the face of the deep is frozen. You see that? There was an ice age. And this happened because of the fierce anger of God. Something must have caused God to be very angry. The Bible doesn't tell us what caused God to be angry. But in his anger, he shook the earth, scattered the inhabitants, he shut off the skies, he shut off the sun, he shut off the stars, and the, all the waters became frozen. In fact, if you can imagine... The Bible says in the beginning, there were, there were waters in the heavens and waters on the earth and water covered the mountains. So it's like the whole earth was full of water. The atmosphere, our sky was full of water and there was no sun. So the, the earth and the atmosphere and the seas and everything was one and it was all frozen ice. That's what scientists have been able to discover and say there was an ice age. How it happened, they cannot tell. Psalm 104, verse 4. Who maketh his angels spirits, his ministers a flaming fire? Who laid the foundation of the earth that it should not be moved forever? Thou coverest it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At the rebuke, they fled. At the voice of the thunder, they hasted away. That's what I was just describing a few minutes ago. The earth was clothed with water, which had become frozen. But at the voice of God, at the word of God, the waters parted. And God said, let there be. They go up by the mountains, they go down by the valleys into the place where thou hast founded them. Thou hast set a bound that they may not pass over. They may not turn again to cover the earth. Job, Jeremiah, Isaiah, and David give different pers perspectives of certain aspects of creation. 
We need to be very careful with the wrath of God, the anger of God. There are some things that God is angry about. That is part of his nature. It's very, very likely God did not tell us directly from the Bible. It's very likely that God created some beings that existed on the earth before creation we see in Genesis chapter 1. And these beings must have annoyed God. They must have rebelled against God. And God in his anger scattered them, caused chaos on the earth, stopped the sun and froze the waters and the cities became a desolate wilderness. You see, when people say that God cannot send anybody to hell, he will. I'll not even say that he can. He will. He has said he will. You see, but the good thing is that God did not create hell for human beings. We'll look at, the, at that the next time I come back. God did not create hell for you. But if you are rebellious, you will end up in hell. Hell was created for the devil. And by the way, there's not just one hell. There are about five different hells. And we'll look at that the next time I come around. One of the hells as at now is empty. There's nobody there. What you refer to as a lake of fire. That is preserved for Lucifer and his fallen angels and the demons. But if you don't do what God is asking us to do, if you don't live the Christian life, if you don't become an overcomer, if you don't repent of your sins and reconcile to God, you will join the devil and his agents and the demons when God tosses hell into the lake of fire. You too, you will join them. May that not be your portion. God cast Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. My friends that we were talking about Abrochi yesterday, at the Garden of Eden was more than Abrochi. Okay, the beauty of... You can't see, we can only imagine. But God himself, the way he describes it, is, is beautiful. But in spite of all that beauty, God cast Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden when they disobeyed him. It doesn't matter whether it was the devil that tempted them, whether it was the devil that threw thoughts at them. They disobeyed God. When he disobeyed God, accept it. Go to him in humility and confession and say, God, I'm sorry, I have, I have, I have wronged you, I have sinned against you, please forgive me. And the blood of Jesus Christ is available to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness and to cause us to walk in the light again. Don't be proud. Don't be like Lucifer and other proud people. Remember the flood. God told Noah to tell the people that there was a flood coming. The Bible says that see, the earth had become full of wickedness. And God said, I'm going to destroy the earth. 
preached to the people and asked them to repent. They only mocked at Noah. Today, God is telling us to preach to the world. He's going to destroy this earth. And we are not preaching. We are being wicked. You want to go to heaven alone? That is wickedness. You can't go to heaven and leave your loved one behind. God destroyed the earth with the flood. He will destroy the earth again because of disobedience. Remember Sodom and Gomorrah. What's up? Am I frozen? Moses. Moses, I'm, fro- I'm frozen. Remember Sodom and Gomorrah. God warned them. He took Lot and his family out. After all the warnings, God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah out of his fierce anger at rebellion. If God destroyed the earth before, if God destroyed the Garden of Eden, if God destroyed the earth by the flood, if God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah, he's telling us that he's going to destroy this earth again. When he comes and he judges the world, those who have not dealt with their sin and have continued to live in rebellion to God and live in sin, rejecting God and all that is godly, they will find their place in the lake of fire together with the devil and all his agents. As we conclude today, we want to read a very long passage from the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 22. Please project it for me. Revelation chapter 22. Today is the day of salvation. If you are here and you have never given your life to Jesus, you have continually lived in rebellion. Your friends have told you, others have talked to you about Jesus. You have heard about Jesus in school, in church, in the community, and you are still rebelling against God. I want to give you an opportunity to deal with that sin issue in your life so you don't end up like the devil and his agents. And if you, please project it for me. And if you are like, if you are in church, read your Bible, you will read. Come for church workers meeting, you won't come. Come to church early, you won't come. Tell others about Jesus Christ, you won't tell. Walk a holy life, you won't walk. Do your quiet time, you won't do. Praise God, you won't praise. Dance, you won't dance. Pray, you won't pray. Do everything, you won't do. What kind of human being are you? God is not happy with you. And you need to repent. You see, the thing is that when you keep in this lifestyle for a long time, before you realize, you enter what you call apostasy. You reject God you rebel against God and there's no God in you anymore. The time the Holy Spirit leaves you, you are not aware that he's left. May that never happen to any of us. Revelation chapter 22. And he showed me a pure river of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. 
In the middle of its street and on other side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree bearing its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the land shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their forehead. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp or light of the sun, for the Lord gives them light, and they shall reign forever and forever. Then he said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophet sent his angel to show his servants the things which must take place shortly. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the angel who showed me these things. And then he said to me, See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant and one of your brethren of the prophets. And of those who keep the words of this book, worship God. And he said to me, Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be unfilthy. He who is filthy, let him be filthy. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do these, his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs, sorcerers, sexually immoral, murderers, idolaters, and whoever loves and practices a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. Let him who tests, whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. This morning, I offer to you the water of life. If you've never ever accepted Jesus Christ, you don't have the water of life. And I want to give you an opportunity to respond to God. Don't look at anybody. Every eye closed, please. Don't look at anybody, but think about yourself and think about your life. If Jesus should come now, you know that you have no place with him. You know that God is not in your life. You, you, you are burdened with your sins. It is because of the sin of rebellion against God. That is why these things bother you. This morning I give to you of the water of life. If you want to understand these things, you want to give your life to Jesus, I want you to stand up on your feet wherever you are. You may never have this opportunity again. 
If you have never given your life to Jesus Christ and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, please stand up on your feet. I want to pray with you. Who we'll patiently wait for you. God bless you. Anybody else? Don't look around and think about your life. God bless you. You see, when Jesus comes, we will stand before him one by one. We will not stand as a family. Your father may be a Christian. Your mother may be a Christian. Your brother may be a Christian. Your sister may be a Christian. But you are not. Is there anybody else? You may never have this opportunity again. Only God knows. Nobody knows tomorrow. Your life is not in your hands. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. Let him that is righteous be righteous always. In the name of Jesus, close your eyes and focus on God. Open your mouth and pray and say, Father, when I am about to fall in sin, help me to give the prophecy of this book. Lord, when I am in the classroom, help me to keep the prophecy that says I should live a righteous life. I want you to open your mouth, young man, young lady, begin to pray. Lord, help me, oh God, to keep the prophecy of the book that says your word have I hidden in my heart that I will not sin against you. Heavenly Father, I know I may not understand everything today, but in the name of Jesus, help me to keep this verse of the prophecy. I want you to lift your hand and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, help me today as a Christian, as your child. I want to keep the words of the prophecy of this book, oh God. I don't want to go to hell. Father, I know people are saying that the Christian life is is not an easy one. But Lord, I know by your spirit you will help me. I want you to close your eyes and begin to pray. It is you and God. Your relationship with God. You are praying and you are telling God, oh God, I want to be a good 
Christian. I want to be a good Christian, but I know I can only be a good Christian and a good child of God if I keep this words of the prophecy of this book of God, which is the Bible. Amanda the Messiah, Leke Bashata, Open your mouth, prayer. This is your prayer today. Don't close your mouth. You want to be serious with God. Every day, you keep on doing the same thing. And you know it is not right with God. But you struggle. But today, God has given us opportunity. And we are saying, God, in the name of Jesus, I want to be a blessed Christian. Therefore, help me. Because your Bible says, Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of the book. You are praying that God, I want to be blessed. Therefore, Father, help me today. Help me today to keep on God. You by the words in the Bible. It is not time to look at your phone. It is time to pray. Close your eyes everywhere and pray to God. Lord, today I want to resolve in my heart that I will be a good Christian. I will keep the words of the prophecy. I want you to open your eyes. We are reading a scripture. Psalm 119 verse 30. It said, the entrance of thy word giveth light. It gives understanding to the simple. The same Psalm 119 verse 169. It says, let my cry come near before thee. O Lord, give me understanding according to your word. Hallelujah. Many of us may say a lot of the things that were said, you may not understand. But the Bible says that the entrance of God's word, when the word of God comes into your heart, it brings understanding. Hallelujah. So the word of God has come this morning. And it must bring understanding. And it says that, oh Lord, give me Thank understanding. Thank you for listening. God bless you.